Hello! Heroes! Holy moly, that almost hurt my head. Oh, ee. Uh, trying something new, uh, trying to figure out a new opening for the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and uh, this is the Heroes of Podcast. Um, a little later on, we are going to be joined by uh, two of the boys from the Ballad of the Seven Dice uh, actual play podcast. Um, but first, um, it has been really tough getting time to uh, record and do all this. We've had a very, very busy week. Uh, you know how it is with kids. You end up uh, folding laundry more than you get to do anything fun. Though, I sort of like folding laundry, to be honest. Uh, I find that it's like kind of like a, like an exercise for my brain. You know, um, you know, you do match game with the socks, and then you do a memory game, like where's the bottom to this top, where did I put that? You end up being like kind of surrounded by all this kids' clothes all over the place. And uh, I have two girls, so what ends up happening is I can't remember if my youngest one is now wearing this or because it used to belong to the oldest one because of like hand-me-downs and stuff. So I'm like, what, what, <laughs> whose shirt is this? So I end up like folding a shirt and putting it in, you know, the older kid's uh, uh, pile. And it's clearly not for the older kid. It's like a two-year-old shirt and um, the older one is six, right? So it ends up being all bucked up. But uh, yeah, I find it's a uh, uh, folding laundry kind of actually works my brain a little bit. You know, some people have uh, Sudoku or crossword, but I uh, I literally thrive on a large load of laundry. I uh, saw how that kind of sounded there. I had to throw the, throw the of laundry in there. Could have sounded really bad. Um, but uh, something fun happened this week. I uh, last Saturday I. Um, played uh, the never-ending story for my kids for the first time. Man, did we ever enjoy that. I uh, I loved that movie when I was a kid. And um, it's uh, I kind of had like a, a visceral moment watching it this time around. Um, I've noticed that I, uh, I enjoy things through my kids more, you know. Um, I'll be straight up with you. I, uh, there's a track on the Moana soundtrack that gives me goosebumps and makes me teary-eyed every single time I hear it. The one called uh, I Am Moana. Thank you very much, Lin-Manuel Miranda. You have literally made me cry every single time I watch that movie. Um, but I enjoy things more through my kids now. One of the things that I uh, that I realized is I really enjoy it when my kids enjoy my stuff. You know, I like it when they enjoy the movies I like or the music I like. And uh, that's what happened on Saturday when we were watching uh, The NeverEnding Story. Um, when I told my oldest, Nora, uh, she's six, when I told her, you know, we're going to watch a movie called The NeverEnding Story, she, like, looked at me and instantly had this perplexed look on her face. Like, she started acting like she had a mystery to solve or there was a riddle involved in the in the movie. And, you know, the, the, the whole movie, she's, uh, you know, saying stuff, hmm, the nothing, eh? The nothing is... And then she would, like, let that thought go off and, like, let it drop... Like, it's almost like she was trying to figure out a mystery. And, uh, and I didn't tell her there was a secret or a mystery to this this movie. She must have, you know, heard the the, the name, The NeverEnding Story. And um, it kind of speaks to this grander idea. Then there was that moment when Bastion is reading Atreyu talking to the Empress. And the Empress is telling Atreyu 
that you've already brought the human child with you. He's sitting there reading it. And there are others watching him read the story of us. My daughter, Nora, six years old, turns to me and says, Daddy, that's us. We're the ones she's talking about. And like, I'm telling you right now, as I'm speaking it out loud to you right now, I've got goosebumps all over my arm. And uh, I, you know, like started crying. I was like, yeah, honey. Yeah, that's, that's us. We're the ones that she's talking about. And then she says to me, Bastion is going to name her his mom's name. And I've lost it. Like, I was a wreck, man. I, like, I can't even tell you. I, could, I was so proud of her that she had figured that out. Like, that she, like, you know, she knew what was about to happen. And then when it happened, she was so giddy. She was shaking. She was so, so excited. Um, and then she's like, what did he say? What was the name? <laughs> and I think that we've all been through this. But I, my wife. My wife still to this day thinks that uh, uh, tr- uh, that um, the Bastion screams out Martha. It's not Martha. Um, I looked it up just to make sure. I never knew what it was, to be honest. Um, it's Moonchild. Uh, yep, that's the name. That's uh, the Bastion uh, names the Empress. The Empress's new name is Moonchild. Sounds awesome. Empress Moonchild? That sounds amazing. Great name for the Empress. Though... His mom, his human mom in the real world being named Moonchild. Yeah. Um, definitely had hippie parents. Um, probably wasn't a professional. She probably worked at like Whole Foods or like a um, uh, basket weaving or us or something. <laughs> she probably, you know, she probably wasn't a, a lawyer. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, uh, we she, they, the kids really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, it hits me hard when my kids like my stuff, like my, you know, movies and songs and stuff. And, uh, I, uh, I just wanted to share that with you. And now here's the interview with Lucas and Brent from the Ballad of the Seven Dice. Enjoy. And with me this evening are two of the boys from the Ballad of the Seven Dice actual play podcast. Uh, Lucas, the DM. Hey. And Brent, uh, who plays Kelsar, the Paladin Tiefling. Hey, I I am I became a man ever since I learned to poop in the toilet <laughs> five years ago. Okay. Oh, so, did I say boys? Not, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I did say boys. I became a man. Oh, um, how, sorry guys. How old are you guys? Um, I'm 27. I'm 31. Yeah. Uh, I said boys. That's I'm used boys. to it. I'm I work with people who are all like 40 years plus. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, when you when you uh, when you can go to the the comic book shop and pick up a, a AD and D second edition right off the shelf when it came out, then you can call yourself a man. <laughs> okay, I'll just have to go we, back to time. We, yeah, can we talk about Endgame stuff on here now? I I feel like enough time has passed. Well, I mean, we got our cleric. He does that, right? I mean, he doesn't um, do it. Oh well, yeah, Rodan does that. Yeah. You can talk. You can do spoilers of anything you want on here. I there's no no restrictions. You can totally do a. Uh, Starfield was an anime. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, uh, I um, kind of been in contact with uh, Brent for a little while. We, I think we talked um, months and months and months ago, before I even brought up the podcast thing. I, um, I had uh, scoped you guys out on Instagram, and I was kind of looking for new podcasts to listen to, and um, I, um, I kind of instantly got hooked. And had been listening oh. to you guys for for months before I even came up with the idea of getting hold of you to talk uh, podcast stuff. So, nice. well, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm. I'm it's 
it's weird when we we always hear from people they're like oh wow your show's so great or like they'll say something like oh i'm really enjoying this and i'm like oh people are listening like you really enjoy us like enjoy me bullshitting around and the the amount of the amount of care uh, that you're putting into your show and the amount of forethought you're putting into your characters, you got to know that it's touching people, right? Like you, I mean, I've listened to a lot of these things and uh, some of them are, are great uh, because they're a little more bare bones and some of them are great because they have a lot of production value. And I think what you guys have here is a lot of production value, but also matched with great players and a great story. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. When, Lucas came to me first about this. I, I mean, I was in no matter what, but then kind of as we delved into it and started playing more as a radio drama mm-hmm. as to opposed mm-hmm. to a standard D&D game, I was like, oh, wow, this is like a lot. This brings something new to the table kind of thing. It doesn't. It's not just, you know, people just playing a D&D game. It's more... No. It's like a live radio drama. And you t- absolutely nailed it on the head. That your your show is transcending what is possible in these actual play podcasts. Yeah, and um, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking too much. <laughs> That's so, all right. I, I didn't want I, to cut I, you off. I I, fuck, I I don't do much. So uh, Lucas, well, uh, Lucas is the one what, that's made it all happen. So he deserves a big part of that. Was uh, I wanted to kind of bring the game to life bring it to life like how i hear it in my head when i'm telling this story i see all this imagery i i think of maybe like a song playing or like the sound effects what would happen and so i started listening to a few other podcasts i think the first one i started off with was uh cthulhu and friends Mm -hmm. and that of course i as you can tell with our story i love the lovecraftian cosmic horror and so uh i got hooked and i started thinking oh i could I could do a campaign about this stuff. And as I was writing the campaign, naturally, when you listen to one podcast, you end up listening to so many. Right. And I started listening to more of them. And I was like, now nah, we're going to do this. And I did my monorail pitch and managed to rope four people in. Tell me you had a, uh, a musical number attached to it. I felt like I did at one point. Like I was, there's a few of our members. I mean, they really enjoy it now and they have a lot of fun. But in the beginning, oh boy, there was a, a lot of hesitation. Like, I Lucas, I don't know. Like I enjoy the game, but I don't I don't want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's cool, but like listen, what if we yeah. just did do it? And I'll <laughs> edit it and it sounds great. And they're like, you're gonna get sick of editing. Joke's on them. I'm unfortunately hooked. Right. Yeah, you uh you mentioned uh your uh um Lovecraftian uh leanings. Uh it definitely uh turns um the Forgotten Realms up on its head a little bit. I, I really like that. Yeah, we played in. I've been playing D and D since like grade eight, so I've been playing for uh, I think close to fifteen years now. And we always played in the Forgotten Realms. There was a couple of years that we dabbled here and there and things, but for the most part, we played here. And so I decided I wanted to blow it up. <laughs> so I came up with this story. Well, you're doing um you're doing something special in Forgotten Realms too, which is it's special, but it's it's something kind of obvious. Um. The Forgotten Realms have always, to me, been, and, and I think it's always been like this, uh, it's a place where people from other realms come and they get kind of sucked into the Forgotten Realms. Yes. And it's kind of a trope of the Forgotten Realms that gets really underused. And mm-hmm. it, you're using it as kind of like a vehicle for the whole storytelling thing that you're doing. Yeah, that was the big thing I wanted. Uh, 
part of it was to give my players just full creative freedom to do whatever they wanted with whatever character they wanted. That was a mistake. Another, yeah, no, I, I think it turned out <laughs> no, really I'm well. Kidding. I uh, mean, Ronnie, but... <laughs> yeah. But with the whole thing, I agree. I always remember reading in Forgotten Realms novels, there'd be like a, a wanderer would come in and he's from a different world and he has all this different knowledge. And I always thought those characters were the coolest. Yeah. And I was like, what? There's planes and planes and planes of existence out there why isn't anybody coming in there and why isn't anyone just using this backwater world that barely has any advanced tech why don't they just use this as their battlegrounds instead of ruining their own world yeah yeah no it's it's, it's uh it, it's perfect it, it's it reminds me a lot of riffs are either you familiar with the uh role-playing game riffs I'm familiar I, I, with it. I wanted to play it, but I couldn't get a group together at the time. Yeah, it's it's a very very much the same idea, right? You could make you can bring any character you've ever played into the Rifts world, and you would just um you would just change the character from a D and D character or a Star Wars character or what have a Vampire the Masquerade character, and you would change it to a Rifts character. And that whole world is literally um like you said a battleground for all these characters to fight in. And it's just fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. I've never played a role playing game in my life. Is is this is this your first is this your first role playing game, Brent? No. Um, in terms of tabletop, yes. Uh, I've played like I I've always known about D and D like my whole life, and I just never I don't know. I, I think it was just more of a personal shit. I was just like, eh, I don't know. It's like I I, I didn't. I was more like identity crisis thing where it's like oh i i want to be part of the cool kids and this isn't part of the cool kid thing i'm just like it was that extra I, level of nerd that people were afraid of yeah and uh it really that i like how the stigma has changed though recently because it's not about that it's not like it's not a taboo thing to do anymore it, it's it mm. the stereotype is kind of like changed uh i, I mean it it when people think Dungeons and Dragons now, they don't think of the stereotype like a bunch of nerds living in their mom's basement and uh, yeah. you know they're they're in their forties and all that. It's like no, these are just people who want to express their creativity, and it's yeah. been an excellent tool for me as an actor yeah. to to use because like part of acting is creating a character, living it as well as improv. So I, I'm I'm glad that that has changed over the years. I think that that has a lot to do with um, with the community being able to communicate over the entire world, right? Like mm-hmm. the well, as advent of social media over the last two decades is what makes this possible. I think you can we can literally do what we're doing right now. You guys are in Winnipeg, I'm in Ottawa, and we can talk about role playing and do a podcast of it. Like, how fucked is that? Yeah, no, definitely, it blows my mind. There's one I listen to, the Backwater Bastards. Uh, they have players, uh, they have one player uh, over in Britain, they have another one in Germany, one in Iceland, and uh, nice. another in the States, and I think one in Norway. That just blows my mind. I don't know yeah. how they manage that scheduling, because that sounds like hell, but they do it. Yeah, I mean, if, if none of them have kids, then it's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I wanted to, uh, let's d- d- dive a little deeper here into... Uh, how you guys started in D&D. That's one of the main reasons why I, I, I'm doing this podcast is to find out where everyone started their their journey. Like the, the I've been using this weird saying, saying your personal D&D story. I feel like it's too hallmarky, but I guess I have to go with it now. But <laughs> um, you you slightly touched on it there, Brent. You So if you 
if this isn't your first D&D, when was your first D&D uh, game? My first D&D game was with Lucas. Um, he, I was uh, kidnapped. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, we, um, I was going through some personal shit. Yeah. And uh, we'll go into detail because, you know, need to know the basis. Uh, so uh, he was like, oh, why, why don't you play D&D with us? And it's like, ah, like maybe i don't know and it's like oh what's it like like not what it's about like i knew what it was about but then started talking about it and then i made a character and we started playing and then i ended up getting really into it yeah so um then we got into like the podcasting and it was just like this huge opportunity for me to really i think i was in a creative slump or something I was in a slump, so this allowed me to kind of think work, outside the box a little bit. Think outside, like really think outside the box, and like start making things happen, and like really get into my my, my creative side. And it has. Sorry, you said earlier that you this is like one of the first um, like tabletop games. Have you played? Like, have you done LARPs before? No, I have not done LARPs. I've considered it. Um, I've Being heard... an actor, I would think that that might be right up your alley, right? Because that's very immersive. Mm. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've. It's just a matter of having time. I have. Right. I have a very, very bad schedule, like all the time. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I still make time for the game, though. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Despite it I being the same thing. I when I've had like when I my wife and I got married and we started having kids I said to her like I'll give everything up for my family but I'm I'll never give up role playing like I I'll do it till the day I die I gave up tennis and I gave up you know golf and uh, and being in a rock band and ball hockey and all the different you know hobbies I did I gave them all up but I'll never give up rolling dice I'll do that till the day I die my That's actual dream my dream is to win the lottery and then be able to build a retirement home just for role players to, to live in. So when we all retire, we could sit there and people can serve us food and then we can just fucking game all day long. <laughs> okay. Well, if um, that does happen, uh, I'd like to get in. Well, I'll probably be dead by the time you guys retire because I'm so much older. So now the, now the jokes flip back on me now. So. Uh, uh, but uh, what about you, Lucas? How, how did you start uh, into the D&D game? Oh, I, I've heard a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons when I was young and, uh, I, you know, saw a few people playing it and was kind of interested in one time, I believe it was like the summer we were going into grade eight and I, I was out biking with my buddies and, uh, we had to stop off at a friend's house and he's like, oh, Hey, like, let's just go in, grab something and drink before we head out again. And we're like, oh, sure. And then I saw there's a bunch of people in his basement, the classic. And, uh, I was like, oh, what are they doing down there? And he's like, oh, they're just playing Dungeons and Dragons. And, uh. You know, I was like, oh, oh, that's cool. It's cool. Do you want to go, like, check it out or something? Like, I don't care. And then so we went <laughs> down there, and I was immediately in it. And uh, the DM was excited. He's like, oh, a whole bunch of new people want to play. And we're like, yeah. And pretty much since then, I I got hooked. And so I've been playing for a long time. Uh, our first edition was uh, 3.5. Right. And I like math. <laughs> and so I liked it. Yeah, me and, too. It was it was good. I loved the customization and uh, how many books there were to read because I loved reading. So I would just sit there with these mounds of books and just go through them. And I think after learning to play, it was just a couple months after I was already DMing and trying to get my friends all into it. 
yeah, yeah. it's the natural progression right to to, to just want to to want to play but to also want to as you're playing a character you're thinking oh i would do this differently if it was my game and then those ideas mm-hmm. start piling up and you're like i guess i have to run a game yeah, I feel like there's always one person in the group uh, when you get a new group of players and then one of them starts thinking about DMing and it slowly becomes more and more until they just start and then you get the DM a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Yeah, I remember I was just like, oh, I'll buy some dice and uh, the uh, player's good and we'll just leave it at that. A year later, I have a fucking 3D printer and I probably <laughs> dropped like over... Yeah, that's hard for him. I've like dropped over like a a grand into this but i i don't regret it have you uh brent have you thought about um maybe getting behind the dm screen at some point i uh, i don't want to say too much but uh, i have talked to lucas about things that might be possible one shots or something we're we're We've got things. We've got things coming for the future. <laughs> we can uh, we can future. edit this part out if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're. I no, am... you don't have to say anything. You know what? Keep it a secret. It's all good. Yeah. I, I'd rather be surprised because I'll be listening. So I'd rather be surprised. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It's things. I'm writing stuff. Let's just say that I'm writing that's stuff cool. that's inst- that's Instagram exclusive. Yeah. I have stuff written. It's just a matter of me not being uh, a wuss and just being like, I'll just fucking do the thing already and just put yeah. it put it online. And it, that's kind of what's holding me back. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that a lot of the times when I'm like coming up with new ideas <laughs> for my group. And I'm like, there's this constant tug of war of wanting to keep things secret and just tell them all the story right away oh because it's just God. so cool, right? I have that problem now too where I have all this story that not only can I not tell my players, but I can't tell anyone listening to the damn right. show. <laughs> so yeah, I feel you're so right. locked in. You uh you you do you have anyone uh, close to you like uh, like um Oh my wife. I constantly tell her everything, even okay. if she's uh, like she helps me uh, write up some stuff, she comes up with some characters, some cool okay. concepts and stuff. So she's and, actually uh, into it? Yeah. That's and great. then uh, I will come home and be like, all right, so here are all the things I thought. And she's like, no, we're going out. I'm like, okay, but wait. And then I'll just unload all this stuff. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, you, I have a few actual it. technical questions for you before we get into like story stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys all, pl- do you play online with each other? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I can, I, I think I can kind of tell when when I'm listening to the, the, the show that it sounds uh, like you're not in the same room. Um, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean the chemistry is not there. It just, I can kind of tell because everyone's voice sounds slightly different because of, uh, probably different mics and stuff. Yeah. I also have to edit out their background noise cause they all have different environments. We right. do also have an in-person game. It's not in the podcast. It's just kind of one that we do off on the side for fun. Same yeah. players. Uh, yeah, we got uh, a lot of the same players as well as, uh, some other friends that we have that drop in. It's kind of like a casual, like, drop in if you can make part it. Part of the, part yeah. of the Seven Dice Company, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's cool. So then you guys don't play, um, since you're all in, in individual offices or, or bedrooms or what have you, uh, you don't actually play with minis. You play, uh, Theater of the Mind then. That's right. Right now, Some- uh, oh, right sometimes now. I have like a map or something like a roll 20 map and uh, okay. that's only for when it gets kind of complicated combat a lot of enemies but for the most part yeah it's all a theater of the mind right yeah right, right now though I, I think we do have plans to expand upon that though yes yeah, yeah so either like a, like you said roll 20 or fantasy grounds or one of these apps that uh... yeah we found uh, we were digging around for stuff and we 
found some things that help make it more make make it more visual. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I um I can appreciate um the, the what you guys are doing with the online play. Was some of my friends we tried to do an online game. I have a buddy who moved away. He moved mm-hmm. to Barrie, which is like you know way too far from where we are to actually play uh, with any consistency. Yeah. And uh, he was our old DM, and he still wanted to run a game for us. And so we started playing uh, Minds of Feldanver, um, mm. and um, when we started playing it on Roll Twenty, and uh, I found it very very hard for it to just be anything more than just a combat-oriented game. It was really hard to develop any character online or to mm. really interact character to character. And I, I'm giving you guys props. This is a long way of me saying that I'm giving you guys props <laughs> for, for being able to actually interact together uh, as a group because I found it very hard online. Yeah. Uh, thank you, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that comes across. Uh, I think a big part of it is I try to give them equal time. I know some players like to talk a little bit more than others, um, but because it is even when you have in-person groups, sometimes you'll have people who are a little more talkative. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a big part of it too was I, I definitely want to start them all off with their prologue episodes, and that right. gave them kind of a, a feel of, okay, yeah, this is how we're doing it. I could just talk. I could just do my thing. Right. And then we went into it. Uh, everybody's just been so awesome about um maybe someone's trying to say something and everyone will stop and be like oh go ahead and like or so they split up and say there's some scenes where i'm like okay you guys can go talk together or here's an npc that wants to talk to you and it it just kind of gives them a moment to catch a breather instead of me hunting them down with monsters and trying to kill them in a dungeon Mm -hmm. as i tend to do but uh yeah i think it, it works really well because uh the people playing it's it's some good chemistry and people are uh we all want to hear each other's characters and we're all excited for the story. So, yeah, I think that's the, that's important, right? Everyone's everyone. And it seems to me as a listener anyways, that all the different characters are so interesting that the rest of the group can't help, but be interested when, you know, uh, when it's a Borden's turn for something to happen, you're all like all kind of on the edge of your, uh, your wheelie seats and your, you know, your offices, like, let can't wait to hear what happens because they're, everyone's characters are so, so interesting. Yeah, we, I, we, we play for keeps. If we die in the game, we die in real life. Right. Oh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yes. <laughs> Some kind of weird uh, skull and bones kind of. Uh, yeah, I rig, like, I rig I, their I, chairs and I have buttons here. <laughs> no, I uh, I have a samurai sword. If I Kalsar dies, I commit seppuku. So. Oh, that's uh, that's really weird. That, <laughs> that, that's how committed I am to this character. Yeah, let's. It goes back to what you were saying before about uh, yes, yeah, cosmetic surgery. Um, yes, uh, my, uh, my tail hurts. A couple of uh, a couple of technical D and D questions here. Um, I've noticed that you guys made some changes uh, to the rules in the game. Um, mm-hmm. An example of that is uh, uh, Bordon's Sacred Flame. He's rolling an attack instead of the enemy rolling a saving throw. Um, like, what's some of the reasons for cha- cha- some of these changes? Some of them uh, will be me messing up the rules and then oh. just continuously going with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, but some of them I, I have in-house rules, like uh, critical hits. We have a critical hit chart, which I think a lot of people do, uh, yep. just because it spices it up. Yeah, we actually implemented a, a new rule where if you hit a critical, your first die that you would roll is automatically maxed out. And that way your critical, no matter what, will do more damage than just a regular attack. That's cool. I, I picked that up from a few people who were tweeting about it. Um, yeah, we 
I know I have a lot of <laughs> in-house rules. Uh, usually they come out on the fly and everybody you just defaults with them. You have a critical miss table too, right? It's the same table as the critical Thank hit, you. so it's real mean. I I told these guys right out the gate, I was like, this campaign's going to be very hard. Your character can die. I know we're doing a show, but I, I will kill your character. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually, I don't know if you're fully caught up. I'm uh, I'm somewhat caught up. I think. Okay. Where am I? Um, I think I'm on episode. I'm actually just about to be done the Aaron Bordeaux case. Yeah, okay. Further, you're farther than me. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, but you're in the show. That, but... <laughs> yeah. I know. I I I have I have like this anxiety thing where I just I can't. Yeah, I'm on uh I'm on episode 46, the chapter four of the Aaron Bordeaux case. Or no, that was a fun one. Three. Um, the here's here's a question uh, sidebar here. Um, the um, the episode numbers on iTunes are somewhat confusing. Mm-hmm. That's an iTunes thing. Is it okay? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've been trying to correct that, and uh, iTunes has been fighting me all along the way, which has yeah. been just like amazing. the uh, I just I've literally just been downloading episode to episode and not really worrying about um, where the numbers lie. Um, I just can't, I, I kind of keep track of, you know, okay, well, this is a, um, a side story, uh, episode, so I'll just yeah. listen to that next before I go to the next one. Like I've been kind of going along. Yeah, that's, time, I right? tried to put it all in, in linear progression as well as I tried to actually put like, uh, numbers in the episode titles so that it makes it a little easier Right. because, uh, I know with iTunes early, like pretty quickly out the gate, our episode counters start getting messed up and I tried to get it fixed and it's just been loopy ever since well considering how apple is releasing a thousand dollar tv stand or whatever bullshit yeah i i I, uh, i'm kind of concerned about the their mental state yeah uh, yeah that's a whole other podcast (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, we could just have an episode of we talk just that yeah yeah (laughs) i love the care and um forethought you're putting into all the audio that goes into the show it um Mm -hmm. it jumps out at me as like very professionally done and um like it's you know the the effects and the background music for each situation um it's it's really great you i think you mentioned in the podcast before that you uh you use battle bards yes i i use battle bards there's a few other sources uh i uh, pick from i also do a lot of folly work for the attacks and effects Okay. So, uh, for instance, um, the early episodes when they're all receiving their symbols and their hands are getting crushed, right? That is me breaking up a lot of celery and then later using it for a stir fry. <laughs> nice. Celery That's great. That's great that you're doing your own stuff. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun actually. I've I never realized this would be a thing I'd be into, and it wasn't until I actually started doing it I realized how much fun I have doing it. it kind of goes back to what Brent was saying earlier about it being a radio drama. And this yeah. is like going back to bare bones radio drama stuff, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Because uh, back then, uh, like when it was just radio, like they had, like you just didn't have that technology. You had right. to make the sound effects yourself, like the closing door and the shoe step. Um, mm-hmm. Back at home, I did a um, with a bunch of other actors. We did the, something like that, and uh, it was the uh, Maltese Falcon that we recreated through. Mm-hmm through all that audio and that was a lot of fun to do and what a, what a great story that's a great story to do yeah and um i um i played gutman but that's that's not about me um but yeah 
I'm such yeah. an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Gutman. Uh, one of the things I could say about the editing, uh, I think it's because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to start up a podcast or, oh, that sounds really cool. Let's do that. And 100% do it. Sounds rad. Get in there. Uh, the editing takes a long time. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that not a lot of people realize until they start. I When I first started, I was using Audacity and that was a trial of its own. But it was great to use his training wheels, especially since it's free. Uh, but it was taking me, especially with the music, with the sound effects, adjusting the audio, I'd probably spend maybe 12 to 16 hours on an episode. Yeah. So it was crazy. taking a long time. And yeah, uh, it's really crazy. Yeah. And so it was quickly catching up. And uh, thankfully, uh, Dave from Four Orbs, uh, another fantastic actual play. Uh, he messaged me and he's like, hey, I keep hearing you're using Audacity and it's slowly killing you inside. Let me share it with you, uh, this other editing software. And so I started using Reaper and I can get an episode cut down in, I think, like eight hours. I can get like the sound effects and everything. So saving 50% of that time for my life that's sounded crazy. rad. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. I mean, I... Like, I barely have any time to do the editing for this show, and I'm not adding anything to it. It's just added editing voices. That That's, like, that's it. And, yeah. I mean, with family life, I just don't have the time. But, like, I, you know, so right now I'm just doing interviews, and then I'm going to stop doing interviews. And then the nights when I normally do the interviews is when I'll be doing the editing. So the episodes will, like, kind of slowly trickle out or whatever. But I can, uh, I can uh, just imagine. Oh, I was going to say, I could help you with some editing tips. I mean, especially... I sound like I'm a spokesperson for Reaper now, but uh, with this <laughs> podcast uh, software, like this uh, audio software, uh, they have a feature where I can select all the audio tracks and, you know, like you adjust the settings accordingly based on like noise and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I hit a single button and it chops up all the audio. It removes all those blank bits. And then I have another button I can press where it adjusts everything to left and right to actually set it up with enough room for a breath between each new person talking so it cuts down like uh, so i can cut up an audio episode with five people in it um let's say it's an hour and a half long i could probably do it in uh two and a half hours Hmm. this episode Um, of uh, heroes of akartha has been brought to you in part by reaper (laughs) i I love sharing i no, if we could get the, yo, if we could get anybody to be a sponsor on the show, like that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> so if you, if you guys just seriously hooked me up with a sponsor, like the, the uh, I, this podcast is forever brought to you by the Ballad of the Seven Dice. <laughs> That'll be five hundred dollars, Reaper. Pay up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, that's the one thing I really love about this community is uh, like this podcasting community. Everybody's there and they just help each other. And they there's no one sitting there going, ah, I'm gonna sabotage you to get ahead. everybody's sharing their tips and tricks everybody's giving you like audio they made and stuff like that everybody wants to guest and help out and it's so different from everything else we experience in life where everyone's out to try to one-up us it is weird really weird almost almost like we're living in some kind of vacuum um and like where we don't it's like we don't know the outside world really exists other than this little community because i i've experienced this the exact same thing nothing but positivity ever since we 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 started and Mm -hmm. it's it's really crazy to think that like no one's been like mean or anything like it's it's weird yeah i went in guns drawn i'm like all right let's do this and everybody was so kind and like uplifting right from the start and i was like oh okay is this I'm, i'm all for this let's do this yeah that's uh, 
it's uh, the outside world sucks. That's that's what I've got. <laughs> yeah, let's just stay uh, here in this bubble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um, so the uh, the other, uh, I just want to spin back around here for a second um, mm-hmm. and talk about that you guys all play separately in individual places. Mm-hmm. Um, was the live show at KeyCon the first time you were all together in a room playing these characters? Um, yeah, two of us were in the, in the show. Or, I mean, sorry, sorry, one three. of the players. We had two players that just, uh, they were a little nervous about being in front of others being and live. doing that kind of thing, which is fair. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one, one of them showed up for the, uh, to be like supportive in the audience. One of them wasn't able to make it. But yeah, that was the first time we, we all so played I, our characters in person. Yeah, because I saw, I saw a picture, but I couldn't really tell exactly who was in Because I didn't know, I, like, I don't know what you guys look like. But I <laughs> yes, who was that's on, on me. Who was on the stage. <laughs> Uh, so I, that was me standing uh, right. with and the then, mic. Uh, clearly, um, clearly Evan was there because you had posted Ronnie's face over top of him. Yeah, he asked that we do that. He's not a he's not a fan and of putting Brent, face. You were there on stage as well. Yeah, Brent was at the very end, and then Jason was in between uh, Evan and Ronnie. Jason, um, he guested, and he's a friend of mine from uh, a small town I lived in for a long time, and he guested in our Patreon special these this two-parter space episode we released one part onto the actual stream and the other one's on patreon uh and he has also just been so supportive so helpful in oh, yeah, everything we've done it's fantastic yeah. yeah no he's a he's a he's a bro yeah he's a cool. bro yeah see this bro, is bro uh... lid of the bro lid of the seven dice that's that's <laughs> yeah that's his official title that, that's his that's his title he's a bro lid of the i seven guess it is now yeah how it's was uh how was the live show? How did it uh, How did it go? Better than I thought it would, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, I think we had about 15 or so people show up, which was good. I honestly expected one, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, and everybody was laughing. They're having a good time. We got a lot of questions at the end. Um, There's a lot of people that were really interested. We were handing out stickers and stuff. And I, I felt so positive from it. I was ready to go again. I was like, hey, guys, let's go do this somewhere else. Yeah, that's awesome. Why not do it? Why not do it as many times as you can? I mean, uh, uh, did uh, did KeyCon like like having you there? Will you do it again next year? Uh, they liked having us there. We did have some issues. Like, just uh, it was more like uh, there just wasn't uh, great promoting. So yeah, uh, we got kind of lost in the weeds. And so we, we figured the next time we do this, uh, we might hit up like a like a pub or something where they have the the setup, the stage, and some mics, and then we can do that. And we got that's cool. There's plenty of people who would love to show. Yeah, we did. Um, I did an interview uh, a few weeks ago with um, an Ohio-based group called Weekend Trip, and uh, they did a live show in a um, in a brewery, and uh, they said oh. the same thing. They they had a great time, and the brewery is a perfect place because. People were drinking and getting into it, right? So yeah, that's exactly it. And people will just come for a drink, you know, pay five, ten bucks a ticket, doesn't really matter, and then they yeah. just sit down and do their thing. You could legit yeah. set, set the actual adventure in a bar, which would make it even more immersive for the. That the is where audience. we usually set our uh, our one shots and our holiday things. It always starts off at a bar or something. Uh, I mean, most it never ends well. Starts in a bar, right? <laughs> it, it never ends, ends well. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Every, every, no, every time we go to the to the damn vulgar unicorn, every, something bad always happens. And they always go back. It's great. Yeah, it always reverts back, back to like some kind of... We, we're just stupid murder hobos that just can't remember shit. You're not murder hobos. You've never killed anyone uh, innocent. Intention- if any- intentionally. 
Yeah, the you know, issue uh, is you, you drag people along and they never come back. This yeah. is a good. Uh, this is a actually really great segue into talking about the actual campaign itself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm not fully caught up, so I won't really be asking questions about anything that's kind of uh, uh, closer to the end or whatever. Um, sure. But I do have some questions about what's going on in what I'm listening to, if you guys don't mind. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the first things I want to say that the um, this whole uh, Dear Traveler shtick, it really works for me. Oh, uh, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I love that there is like a, 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 a layer on top of the show that's like a story within a story. It um it's like the D and D podcast version of like the King Killer Chronicles. Like there's a mm. story being told within a story, and I, I really like this. I think that there's like I don't know if you're 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 meaning it to to, to be like this or uh, but it's it's really great. I uh, that is a I did want to make it uh, especially since it was Battle of the Seven Dice. I I wanted to have it that somebody was telling you something that's already happened, right. and so it's like a, a retelling of it. And I was like, oh, one of my favorite characters is this bard wing over a gimbal who's super full of himself. Perfect. Yeah, it's, that's that's awesome. My, could, my concern is, like, what if we, like, die? All of us, like, completely screw up, and then it's like, well, then this that story would never have happened, right? Well, he'd be telling the story how it is. Like, as it goes along, uh, Brent, you don't listen to the show. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> So I, I, he, he retells it like as it's going along, right? And it's almost like he's remembering bits. And I've been busy. Yeah. Then going like, oh yeah, I can't believe that happened in this episode. And he's like, but of course I already knew that. Yeah. As an outsider listening, I would assume that he would, if you if you guys TPK'd and just all died, um, which I don't think is going to happen. But if it did happen, which it can, um, he would just literally say these heroes died. And yeah. You know, the, the story continues because there are other heroes that are needed to fight the big bad or whatever. So eventually other heroes will come about. You guys just sucked and died <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, right? they were they were one part of the story and there's many more parts to it. He, and, would, just, uh, he would just dust like Thanos dust style, just, <laughs> yeah. snap. just snap it and then done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do uh, uh, Brent and uh, like uh, do you, do you guys know of the side stories that happen, or do you actually have to go back and listen to them to know what's going on? Yes. No. no uh, <laughs> I well, Kalsar wouldn't wouldn't really know the side no, stories. But you, as a player, do you like to? Uh, um, uh, do you are you informed about any of the side story stuff, or is that really just for us, the listener? I think it's really just for the listener. Um, I am involved in some of the side stories. Uh, okay. as like recording char- stuff, yeah. In terms of uh, other characters. So I have like some idea of it, but not like... I like to keep myself surprised. Right. Um, because that way I can't pre-plan everything. And also that, that I'm, I'm lazy. No. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't want to really know any of the motivations of any side villain stuff without, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it would kind of take you out of it a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, 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 that way, because like as an actor, you can't pre-plan everything because if you pre-plan mm-hmm. everything, then it's going to play off like it is pre-planned. So like, um, at least in terms of, uh, of life, of, of, if you're doing like film or theater, mm-hmm. um, like, you have the whole script to you, but um, and you're basically like only supposed to really know what happens to your character, right? And but like you, 
like as the character, he's only going to know what's happening in that moment and what's happened before and all that. But as an actor, you're going to know everything else. So you have to separate yourself from the character and the actor to be able mm-hmm. to do that. And it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. And it's, it's obviously not easy with this stuff, too. No, uh, voice acting is a lot. It's more difficult in some ways because you have to pr- portray emotion just through your voice. You don't have facial expressions, body language, or you, you have to project all of your energy just through your voice. Right. And that's that's hard to do as well. But it's, I mean, that's that could be like a whole podcast in itself about right. that. Yeah, I don't wanna... that's, that's. I mean, that could be the next time we come on, right? You said yeah. earlier that you, um, you know, when you were talking about your personal D and D story, that you had uh, some personal stuff going on before you got into D and D. But that wasn't really. The, now was not the time or place. But maybe the next time you guys come on, we can get you crying a little bit, and we can, <laughs> you know, share our emotions. There is no therapist in the world that can fix this broken mess. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I I think I would rather uh, Kelsar's voice to be broken than to be uh, be fixed. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, your yeah, point, his... your point is is well taken because I think that what ends up happening too is as players of D and D, we um we have to uh, st- we have to prevent ourselves from metagaming as well, right? Yes. Like yeah. we might know the rules of something, but we don't as characters we don't know the rules of something, right? Like we don't know how well this new spell is going to really work, or we shouldn't anyways because we just cast it for the first time or whatever. So that. The metagaming uh, problems are, are kind of um, hard to, to get away from in, in role-playing. Well, that's, I think that kind of plays into our, um, our powers that we have into it. Right. Like, we have no idea, like, what it's going to do. It's like, I'm just going to... That's um, why some of us are pretty, li- uh, pr- pretty conservative with our powers. Like, we try yeah. to, like, ease into it, whereas... Some people borrowed on, like they mess with time. Uh, but I mean, that's not necessarily uh, on on him. That's like Lucas. I just just listened to the episode where Lucas flat out told you guys, if you can think it up, you can eventually have it. So you know, play around with your new powers and mm-hmm. come up with ideas to try stuff. And then if you can try it and do it, eventually you'll gain that power. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. really not uh, that's really not Umberto's uh, fault for. <laughs> trying to go for broke because i mean if someone tells me try you know shoot for the sky i'm gonna do it right yeah my logic behind it is like i don't want to do like a big you know big vegeta final flash thing and just decimate an entire town because Mm -hmm. that that goes wrong then i'm gonna kill everyone right so i I think in terms of counselor's logic he's like oh i gotta be careful not to like destroy to destroy it to words to level an entire village you know yeah well t- t- speaking you, you, you i think you have you read my notes like i, I don't think i gave you a detailed notes because yet again brent you are segueing into like the next part of my question here mm-hmm. we're we're going to be talking about actually leveling a whole town let's talk about oh, Geldspark for a little bit yeah. <laughs> um, um oops bless I, bless I could say. <laughs> the first question i have about Geldspar is that um when you guys got there and started adventuring in this town and started like kind of picking up these little minor uh, uh, missions, the um, the whole um, Aaron Bordeaux, uh, um, Mare, and Goblin angle seemed to be this separate little story that was going to happen. And then when you guys fought Matthews and um, you didn't allow Matthews to leave, he <laughs> unleashed the gorilla creature and then the gorilla creature destroyed the town. 
Um, that, my that. question really is for, or it's kind of for uh, for Lucas for for, for this is yeah. had they had they let Matthews leave, um, had would he have uh, um, like kind of not destroyed the town? Would he have spared? Would he have spared the town? Yeah, he hundred percent would have. Uh, the thing with that village, the whole point of it was. I was going to give them a classic Dungeons and Dragons start after, of course, I murdered them all. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I brought them in. They, you know, like dealt with the goblin cave and they felt like heroes and they felt good and strong. Right. Like, oh, we've been we've conquered something and we did it together. And then I had I Matthews know. come in and remind them you're nothing and I'm here to take what I want. Just to keep that kind of horror uh, feeling uh, pushed down on them, showing that. There's always a bigger fish. And then when they didn't let him leave, which I was surprised about, <laughs> I had a I whole festival kill, I, planned. I wanted next day. dead. I wanted a fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, so mainly Kalsar wouldn't let him leave. MZ got up in that mix. And I was like, okay, so... I was like, what would Matthews do? Uh, I was like, he'd probably be a little bit frustrated. He'd be annoyed at these guys. And he doesn't necessarily want them dead because... He's a little ominous. What's he doing? Nobody really knows. And so he got a little spiteful and said, fine, if you're not going to let me leave, I'll just wreck everything until I could just walk out of here. And he right. did just that. Yeah, that, that one's on me. Yeah. I mean, he, he left, and the plan was that they would all be traumatized the next day, going, oh, my God, what happened? And there would be this big festival, and everybody would be celebrating them while they're all sitting in their chairs kind of looking down going, what have we gotten into? Right. Everyone's like, you're heroes, you're heroes. And they're sitting there going, but what just happened last night? Nobody right. knows about. And there would, have been this, there would have been this story arc here that had uh, that was developing where you were going to um, either work for the mayor or fight the mayor and his, um, you know, because you had set up this thing with the, the goblins and um, uh, Steve, is that the, the name? Oh, of the- yeah, Steve Farmer. Uh, Steve was like, you know, the goblins are actually not, not that bad. You know, we, we get along with them. You know, they, they they sort of protect the town. We have an understanding with them. And then the mayor's like, yeah, they're scum. Um, there, there was this, like, side story that was uh, starting. And then since the town got destroyed, that side story no longer even existed. Honestly, yeah. but, like, it turned out... I, I don't know. I don't know if it would be turned out for the better, but like it made a very it, it made a very interesting story regardless. Yeah. Well, my next part of the question is actually for you, Brent, where I think Gelt's, okay, the, the, this is the thing I like that this this destruction of this town or this village um, wasn't just a, a momentary shocker off from your your GM. It actually carries through into your character for a little while. It reverberates through the story. Right. Like, yes. and, like how like how do you end up playing Kelsar differently after this? happens um i play him with he has a, a lot of weight on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he carries a lot of uh, a lot of burden that um he feels he feels like he failed and he keeps failing and it's a lot of it's building up uh like example of that um i hate using well i mean whatever it's adventures, but Thor. Thor is a good example of a character that has a lot of weight on his shoulders and mm-hmm. that goes through a lot of failure. Right. I mean, he's lost his eye, lost his home, lost his family, right. his brother, and that's kind of like how I was playing him as like a character who suffers a lot of loss. Yeah. And he's still trying to push through it, but it's still putting a heavy weight on him. And we'll, we'll he wears guilt like armor, I guess, and yeah, and like an exterior like. 
exterior, it's like he's a knight in shining armor, but on the inside, he's 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 hurting. It's very uh, it's a very interesting character. Um, there, a, a lot of the experiences I have with tieflings is either super fun go lucky tieflings, which is like completely opposite of what they're supposed to be, <laughs> um, or this tormented, um, you know, um, infernal heritage type tiefling. And yours is somewhere kind of in the middle. You have this like honorable, like the, your um, your tiefling side isn't really dictating your choices, which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Well, it, he's a he's an outlier. Uh, he's like a prodigy of the tiefling people, but like right. also a failure to his people. So that's kind of what I was playing to it and. Yeah, I like the breaking of the of the trope a little bit because I find too many tieflings are, um, you know, uh, should I um, should I uh, um, really embrace my, you know, like uh, devil heritage or do I try to, um, you know, become part of society like a normal society? And it feels like your character's already kind of made that choice, mm-hmm. and that the stuff he deals with is more more Kelsar based than it is tiefling based. You know? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I. I made the Kelsar without knowing anything about tieflings or their background. <laughs> yeah. So I and it, it kind of worked in my favor, honestly. So I think uh, a, a lot of that story-wise can lead up to. I mean, Kelsar had a real bad upbringing. He was yeah. not a fan of his people, and then when he was brought into this order, they no one. Well, maybe a couple, but for the most part, nobody talked about him being a tiefling or his difficult choice. They just said, "Here's your sword. Get to training." You right, need yeah. to get this done. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's yeah. nice that they didn't. They don't see. They don't see the 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 horns and the skin. They just see a potential defender of the faith, right? Right. Yeah, they're they're, they're very um, they're very progressive. You know? We only get hints of his upbringing at first when we see the um the vision the vision dream of you and your mother in the forest. I I don't know if there's been more of it, uh, uh, but that's the only taste of it that I've had so far. You'll you'll get some more. Um, yeah, there's. I've got. I have so much planned for him, and I'm really excited for it, and really hoping that everyone loves it. And this is uh, what he handed me basically this uh, as a DM. You know, when a player hands you that golden backstory, and they're like, "You could do what you want with this." So I was like, "Ho oh, ho, all right, amazing, yeah, yeah." The 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 downside of that is that you you know you're he's becoming a fully realized person. You know, not just for you in your head or your DM or your party, but for other people listening. Yep. So if, mm-hmm. you know, and if Elsar dies, you know, and I'm not, you know, this is not a bad omen, but if he dies, um, that's how it crushes people, right? Like when you look mm-hmm. at how many people got upset when uh, Molly Mock uh, died on Critical Role, um, oh, yeah. it was like an outcrying of, you know, fans all over the place crying. People, Some people are like, I don't understand how they can be upset. Well, it's because when you make a fully realized person out of pen and paper then they you know they get inside you right exactly and mm-hmm. if you believe your character is real if you believe the character you're playing is real they will believe it too right, right? right. They, they if you don't believe that your character is real they won't believe it and that's important this is, uh, and that's important in the in the in the acting world yeah, I, well, I can that's... I can hear it in your voice whenever you play him. I can definitely hear that you're that you've fully bought into this character, and that's uh, I as a listener and as a fan of role playing, I can really appreciate that. Yeah, 
Thanks. I, I knew I invested uh, four years into this for, for a good reason. Uh, glad that I finally came full circle. Yeah, it's perfect. This is exactly what I had hoped for. Yeah. Some random yokel from Ottawa said he liked my character. Uh, <laughs> Every time we hear that kind of stuff, it just makes our day. Anytime somebody yeah. messages us saying, I've been listening to your story. It's so amazing. Or the uh, I think that uh, one person messaged us recently, and they're like, I I feel like your story should be a novel. And I'm like, Well, my day's made. Awesome. Yeah. There it is, right there. That's what you're. That that that's where we go with next. We we yeah. write the novel. Yeah. Well, that was a big thing with the story. Um, touching back on how we were talking about those uh, minisodes that I have between episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was talking to my wife about this, and I was telling her that. Uh, so often in a story, we play D&D, and it's just like suddenly the bad guy will be over here, or the bad guy will be over there. Like, what are the people that we talk to? What happened to them? Mm-hmm. And we never really find out. And I was like, I want the rest of the world to be alive. I want things to be happening while the players are doing their thing. Right. And I, oh man, I've had so much fun doing these. And yeah, it's great. It's, it's, um, it's an actual tactic used in some older versions of role-playing where... You know, in um, in the old uh, West End game Star Wars uh, uh, system, you used to the, the game used to want you to do cutscenes away from the characters, so that the characters oh, really? knew what was happening somewhere else in the galaxy. And I, I, I used to do them all the time, but I I had a hard time doing them because I didn't want my characters to know too much. Yeah. So what you're doing with your podcast is actually absolutely brilliant because you're doing it for me, not for your players. You're doing it for the listener, so we know what the cutscene's all about but they don't necessarily need to know anything. No. Exactly. And I feel yeah. that often the villain never gets enough time to, you know, you, you see a villain, they're evil, they've done some evil things, but what about the rest of them? And in a movie, in a TV show, we get to see those moments of a, mm. like, what maybe what made the villain or what was the villain before this? We have one cut scene um, up ahead, and it's one where Dorum is actually uh, reminiscing. She's having a dream of a time that she spent with someone close to her. And it just shows she wasn't a person that just goes around murdering people to have a good time. She right. There's a person what, in there. And that's what makes the best villains is ones that you humanize. Right. Yeah. Well, look at look at Thanos. Not to get back to Avengers again, but yeah. the best the part of Infinity War was, was Thanos. That? Yes, because he was such a good villain. Because I he was... Because <sighs> what he did made sense. And yeah, what he was saying wasn't wrong. It yeah. was it wasn't great on the ethical scale, but on the logical scale, you're like, yeah, yeah he's he's 100 correct. And we, got spend, we got to spend time with him too. Like we actually, you know, he was l- literally the main character of that movie. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah. And it, it wasn't about if like, and what made him any more good is like it wasn't about like like if uh the Avengers were gonna win. It was it was it was about if Thanos was going to live in the end. Right. Mm-hmm. Or and, whether or not he was gonna make the hard choices to be yeah. able to complete what he wanted to do as yeah. he, as his and, life goal or whatever. That's what makes it so much better and I hate what they did to him in that game, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. That, that, was it was a... that was a little weak, but but overall I, I mean I know that this is turning into an end game review here, but yeah. um uh, yeah, I actually really liked what they did with Endgame. I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, the Ocean's Eleven uh, heist uh, team that was up. Fun. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like that stuff. So there, there's but, a lot I liked, but what I mean, I don't want to get too off topic. Either. Yeah, I was gonna say to loop yeah, it back. Um, 
that that was a big point. I I wanted realistic villains, and I wanted uh, reasons behind every villain. I didn't want people just to go, I'm evil because I'm evil. Yeah, uh, even some of the most insane characters that we've had come in uh, recently, we've been explaining why they're doing this, and it's been cathartic as a DM to get that out there. <laughs> and uh, it's it's really nice to see it reflected in people listening. Yeah, you're you're walking a nice line between. Um, uh, giving your villains motivation and keeping a fully realized motivation from us because we don't need to know everything. Because if we knew everything, then there'd be no surprise. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of it. Is the most important thing for to get the the audience to ask the one question: What's that about? Mm-hmm. What's that about? And yeah, what's what's your, going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how you get them to keep listening or watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, the, the the main reason why I'm uh, I mean, there's twofold. The, one of the main reasons I'm I'm uh, I'm still listening is because while well, I have this podcast to do with you guys, um, but if I wasn't going to, I'd still be listening because I'm just I'm very curious one how you guys are going to develop your powers, and two how all the little tidbits that have been been left behind for us, all these little like clues, how they're all going to kind of come into play with the grander story. I'm oh, a fan I, of the I, long con. You will see it. <laughs> it's good. I'm, I'm totally down. For my powers, I'm just gonna rip off Dragon Ball and just do Kamehameha blast. Yours is the um, yours is the fire stuff, right? Yeah. You uh, there's there's so many possibilities with that. It's not you know that the 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 easy one would be like oh I can cast fireball or I can you know manipulate fire, but it's not just fire too. It's heat and yeah. You know what I mean that's you know, mm-hmm. body temperatures and like th- there's just so much possibility, dude. Like I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to see what you're gonna do with it. I, uh, I had some like really like sick ideas, but then like I didn't want to use them because it's not his character. Well, Whereas, you like did... I could just like I just melt his eyes or something or whatever. Yeah, you did that in one of the last episodes, actually. You were about to say something. Oh, that's what it was. Um, Lance had fallen out the window mm. and you walk by and try to uh, like um, get rid of the evidence and burn his body and then you stop yourself but Lucas was like you can totally do that if you want to but like you were like I better think better of that I guess I wouldn't really do that like a paladin probably wouldn't do that no but uh, no so I, 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 I there's so much I want to do but I also have to remember that I have to stay in character so right. and it has to be with his character like I'm not going to like melt a person or whatever because that's that's horrible, you know. That's something Ronnie would do. That's know? that. All that. That is absolutely something Ronnie would do. I, no question. I know Ronnie gets a lot of flack, uh, but one thing I found is that um, DMs love Ronnie. Of uh, course. And when players get mad about Ronnie, and it's because uh, as a DM, you see it, you're like, oh god, there's somebody who just progresses things because while well, everyone sits there going, oh, I don't know about going down the dungeon, and then he's already walking in. Right. Or they're like, I don't want to touch that trap. He's already grabbing the ring. That's yeah, hanging. it's perfect. Yeah, you, then you do to do that. And it's great. As a DM, I'm like, oh my god, I actually get to use this stuff instead of everyone being so cautious. And and he, his character adds a nice dynamic because Kelsar is yeah. very by the book. Same with Bordon. MZ is a, he's a professional. And Ronnie, at, in the very end, he's a civilian. He, he He's not trained. He doesn't know much of anything. The world he comes from is all fads. And he's yeah. just there because he wants to be famous. He, it's so interesting. His the, the, his home world sounds so interesting. I, I just And I know it's a lot like ours, but more fantasy-based uh, yeah. or whatever. 
Like I, I feel like it's almost like a less techie Shadowrun or something. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Kind of give it a little bit of a cyberpunk feel. But uh, yeah. he said he wanted the technology to kind of be in the 80s. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And he even told me that uh, his character doesn't even believe in the gods. He thinks uh, it's all parlor tricks and stuff that people are doing or they're using like technology or something. Of course. Like David Copperfield's a god. <laughs> like he... Yeah, like in his world, there are no gods. So he's like, what do you like? Bordon's like, oh, well, I'm a cleric. He's like, okay. Make sure yeah. you... <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can't um, read. <laughs> well, I, uh, before, I, uh, before I let you go, I wanted to, there was uh, uh, I, something that I wanted to bring up. I, um, I just finished listening to the Halloween episode, which was nice. super fun. Oh, uh, yeah. I um I felt like there was kind of a different tone to the uh, the Halloween episode than yeah. the the rest of the yeah, um, the rest of the episodes. Um, not just in like storytelling wise, because clearly it was like a story that didn't necessarily affect the over uh, uh, you know reaching arc or whatever. But I felt yeah. like you guys were all kind of played a little more loose and like almost had a little more fun with it. Yeah, well, because this was like, oh, I don't have to be in absolute character i have more freedom i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want right that calcer i don't really wouldn't do i'm just being like just gonna like free. that was the big thing i i let them all know i was like hey i want to do holiday episodes because it'd be fun and yeah. the first idea was like halloween because i mean it makes sense because uh, of our horror podcast and uh i was like you know what you can just like have fun with it. These are going to be really silly stories. So all our holiday episodes uh, kind of use them so that the guys can blow off steam because their right. characters are they're always in yeah. such a serious high tension situation. And right. here they could just kind of mess around. Like we have a Christmas one. Um, I have a few others that I want to do. I wanted to do a Canada Day one, but scheduling is hard. So yeah, I was so disappointed because I've really I had like. I had three different riddles. I am going to still do this, but I got three different riddles all tied around Anne-Marie songs. Like, it's nice. great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I tried to make it as Canadian as possible. Like, maple syrup golems. You got uh, paladin mounties. Yeah. yeah that's, that's great. I was going uh, to speak French-Canadian the entire episode, even though I know absolutely no French-Canadian. Just, just do an accent or whatever. No, no, yeah. I was going to just Google Translate everything I said in English and just say it in Google Translate. Oh. <laughs> just be like, like Poor Borodon would have such like, a hard time. It's like you are about to die for English, Prince One. <laughs> I can't wait till you hear the Christmas one because honestly, I, I love Christmas. I'm only like four episodes away from the Christmas one, so I'll, be, oh, I'll probably be hitting it this weekend. So it is I'm, magic. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, the next time. Uh, but I, like I said, I. I I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think that um, the, 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 a little bit of a looser um, atmosphere is definitely a, a, kind of like a, a palate cleanser to this game. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, like I liked one of the, the silly things I liked about it was when you were all talking about using, uh, uh, you know, to turn undead and you spent like five minutes just talking about the actual power of turn undead. And <laughs> that stuff doesn't really happen in the main game. Uh, it was fun to just hear you guys talk. Um, like talk about the system itself and talk about mm -hmm. D, D and so yeah I, I, I liked that aspect of it oh, I'm glad uh, I it seems a lot of people appreciate the holiday episode so I'm I'm glad they were a hit yeah me too it's well just... boys uh, I said boys again uh, no. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna get on my back for that one Brent no, um, I'm, I'm not I gentlemen it was uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the show 
Oh, I appreciate so much it. For having thank you us. so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a it was a great honor to be able to chat with you. I've been excited all week to talk about it, and uh, me too. You know, it's um it's yeah. a fun thing for me to be able to to listen to something I love and then go, hey, guess what? I actually might have a chance to talk to the people that are involved, which is like the whole reason I'm doing this podcast, right? Is be able to talk to people that I like. So yeah, no, it's fantastic. I love how. Um, people in this community like we listen to these stories and people are just willing to actually uh talk to you and uh, hang out it's cool yeah if you uh if you get a hold of critical role uh put in a good word for us please. of course i will uh, i'll try that i'm working my way up the ladder let's say thank you um, yeah it's don't, a slip don't forget about that <laughs> yeah, no of course of course not um well thanks a lot for being on the show and uh thank you for having us. Uh, we can do this again in maybe six months time when i'm a little more caught up on the show sounds yeah, great yeah, absolutely. Cool, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having us. Well, that was my interview with Lucas and Brent. Uh, really two fantastic dudes. I um, could have talked to them all night. You know, I uh, do these interviews kind of late at night at 9 o'clock, and um, I didn't feel even a little bit tired talking to them. They were super awesome to talk with, um, super funny, and um, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy their podcast i really suggest that you listen to it um like in the interview um it is totally a radio drama they put some really real strong effort into making it something really really enjoyable and uh the story is pretty great and the role playing is great too so i um i strongly recommend this podcast um if you uh want to reach us here at the pod you can do so by um tweeting at us at heroes of one you can check us out on Instagram, which is where we spend most of our time, at Heroes of Hakathra. Uh, and Hakathra is H-A-C-A-T-H-R-A. Um, we will be talking a little bit more about Heroes of Hakathra soon. Um, that's the uh, original um, uh, campaign setting that my buddy Jack runs for us. Um, we're like all 18th level characters, and it's kind of where we got the, the name for the pod and the and for the brand. But um, we'll be talking about that a little bit more. We're going to be going into some character depth, and I'd like to interview some of the the dudes, uh, uh, some of the guys in the the group, and talk about the characters because the big finale um, for the podcast uh, for the um, the campaign is coming up soon. So um, I'd like to be able to cover that ground. But uh, yeah, if you um, want to just email us, you can email us at heroesofhakathra at gmail.com. Uh, remember that uh, you can always support the show by uh, going to the Patreon page. We actually have a new patron right now. We have one new patron, which is amazing. It's Mike. Uh, thank you so much, Mike, for uh, being a patron. Um, we are going to have some cool stuff coming up soon. We're going to be recording some bonus episodes where we're going to be doing a um, hot tub roundtable. And, uh, yeah, you heard it. Uh, uh, four um, geeky dudes and their uh, swim trunks in a hot tub. Um it literally writes itself, guys. It, uh, it's this is you can't. This is the best kind of stuff here. This is the best content we can pull out of our asses. Um, but uh, yeah, don't be afraid to uh, support the show. Uh, it would uh, really mean a lot. And uh, don't forget to rate and review where you can on uh, on iTunes. Um, that kind of stuff will really help the show as well. And uh, if you like it, just you know, tell a friend to listen. You know, why not? You got friends. I like having friends. I like it when you talk to me about your friends. Uh, why don't you talk to your friends about me too? I feel like I've kind of fallen into this thing where I'm like exhibiting a teenage uh, uh, phone conversation where I'm like, you let go first. No, you let go first. I love you more. No, I love you more. <laughs> All right, heroes. We'll talk again soon. Yet again, I leave you with Steph McAleer's grit. Enjoy. <laughs>